0: Welcome back to The Winkly. It is Wednesday, and I am your managing editor, Nick Hausman, joined here as I am every Wednesday by Justin LaBar. Justin, welcome back to The Winkly.
1: Another week, another day, another podcast with Nick Hausman.
0: I have to let everybody know that before we came on the air, and we only had like two minutes,
1: but those two minutes... Don't tell them this.
0: No, those two (laughs) minutes were spent with Justin and I bonding... Over our love of Jeff Foxworthy and the influence he had on us as children. I mean, the man, the man weaves words. He's a word weaver. Uh, Jeff Foxworthy is. Anyway, I know it's a good God. place to start. <laughs> come on, <laughs> chuckle. I can't even right talk. There. I'm just laughing. Chuck. Yeah, you're thinking about Foxworthy, man, dude. That I'm trying to.
1: Th- I'm trying to think of some of the redneck words that he would come up with. <laughs> yep, Get Get of him. Get out of we're going. We're, go- we're going. to the mall. Yum. Yep, two.
0: Get out of him. That's right. Or Ewan's. That's y'all plus three, right? I think that's what it was. Anyway. <laughs> Hope y'all liked this opening banter about Jeff Foxworthy.
1: You got more? Would you, would you could. Would you could? Also good you one. could. good my god uh we, we we've just we've just alienated a large population of the audience right now what
0: are you talking about wrestling fans love jeff foxworthy in fact I, in my opinion there hasn't been enough that uh has been done between jeff foxworthy and pro wrestling you know if,
1: if you mow your lawn and you find a car
0: <laughs> if the number of cars you own that don't work outnumbers the number of cars that do you might be a redneck Oh man.
1: If both you and your wallet if your dog and your wallet are both on a chain.
0: You know, I wanna I wanna, you know, we got some news to get here to talk about. By the way, yes, the winkley here now Tuesday through Thursday, live new needs for here, Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel. Um, but you know, I, I I've been uh, once it was pointed out to me that, that WWE is like conservative SNL, which it is in a lot of ways, um it's become like a whole different experience for me. And you know, I watched on Monday when Otis debuted in that that weird Alexa segment, and I was kind of like betwixt on it. Um, but then I saw him last night on SmackDown where he did the thing where he was just like chugging the, the you know made up milkshake with eggs and stuff, and Alexa got in on it. And I'm, I'm starting to see the I'm starting to see the allure. And then, and I don't know why I'm going here with this, but then I was reading this morning how they're bringing the Ghostbusters back, and yes. I get a re- I get a real hardcore like Belushi vibe off of Otis. Now, the more I look at him, I'm like, this guy kind of reminds me of like that Belushi energy and Slimer is based off of Belushi, like that's Belushi's role in Ghostbusters. So those of you that don't know, Slimer was based on, on John Belushi. So now I'm starting to, I don't know how I got here, but I'm starting to see Otis is like the Slimer of WWE. And I kind of love it. You know, (coughs) I love, I I don't know.
1: I love it. I think it's very accurate. It's kind of like the evolution of what, of what, bull james could have been had they kept bull james what they were doing the bull fit and everything yeah that's true he's tearing it up on the indies <laughs> oh he is uh, yeah great. no i'm happy for him uh, speaking well, of the, I, I read the entertainment weekly article last night about jason uh reitman being and i had no idea that he was the kid in the second ghostbusters who, <laughs> who goes my dad thinks you guys are full of crap yeah <laughs> but that's hilarious that's, dude
0: this is, yeah this is this is not a pop culture show about ghostbusters but yeah there isn't there's a teaser trailer out there too it's coming out in 2020 go seek it out all you ghostbuster fans out there. But this got to be a palate cleanser, Justin. This this has got to be we are sorry for this all female reboot that <sighs> that caused you visceral anger out there. We're going to give you a good Ghostbusters remake now. Would be my would be my guess why this is going through.
1: The real accomplishment will be if they can pull Rick Moranis out of wherever he's at cuz I know like he like quit everything. He do- he does like
0: occasional second city <clears throat> shows here oh, really? in Chicago and Canada. yeah, he'll do stage shows where he'll recreate some of his old characters uh, from SCTV. Um, but yeah, no movies. I would also, I'm a big Moranis fan. Would love to see Rick Moranis back. Anyway, uh, let's uh, let's talk wrestling here. This was a great little opening bit of punditry here. <laughs> if we I have promise.
1: to, if we have to. I loved it.
0: Um, this is The Winkly. Like I said, we are now Tuesday through Thursday, live noon Eastern. Justin will be back tomorrow with me. We'll talk more wrestling. Maybe we'll talk more Ghostbusters. Who knows? Uh, But if you want to hang out with Justin and I, we are both respectively doing some very cool events on the Royal Rumble Day, Um, the day of rumble. I will not be there. I will be here in Chicago. I'm hosting a party at Duffy's Tavern and Grill. It's free to attend. Doors open at 4 p.m. Central. We're going to be playing games, giving out prizes. I've got some Wrestling ink T-shirts that Raj is sending me. So come on out. But Justin, how, how can how can fans maybe party with you during the Royal Rumble?
1: I actually will not be in Arizona after all for the Rumble. Uh, I was, but, but but schedule changes. But the <clears throat> excuse me, but the suite that I have and Ticket King has is still going on. Uh, Dave here and Damian Nelson, uh, for anybody's familiar with their work, they did with Pro Wrestling Report. They'll be at the suite, um, so that you can still go and have a great time. Uh, you can still use my code Labarfan on Ticket King to get tickets, or if you want to get in on the suite, you can go to TicketKingOnline.com and search for that. Uh, but I will not be there the day up. I am though. We are working already now for our WrestleMania plans. That I will be in New York uh and the latest i'm hearing is we're looking at doing actually a tailgate uh outside of metlife uh, among other things that weekend so we we'll get oh, closer you're
0: here. gonna you're gonna have heat with the Bullet club block party they may come and lay you out <laughs> yeah we'll see what happens oh man weird uh well i got another fun announcement here i'll save it for the end of the show we're gonna be running a contest next week so stick around to the end uh you'll get the first word on a big contest we're running next week where you can win very cool prizes uh, but before we get to the news, yes, later on in the show, if you're listening to this on iTunes, now you can watch us live Monday or Tuesday through Thursday, noon Eastern here. We just talked the news, but if you want the full Winkley experience, you got to go over on iTunes, subscribe to wrestling Inc. audio. Cause today you're not just going to get Justin and I doing our, our, punditry here and our, our wonderful insight on ghostbusters. You're also going to get an exclusive interview with WWE superstar gold dust, the brother of Cody Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes. I uh, am tickled pink uh, about this interview. Uh, we debated to release it yesterday. We did DDP yesterday because his book came out. But man, it is cool to get to talk to him about you know how his recovery is going from injury. He just had double knee surgery. We talk about what he was most recently doing in WWE, and I talked to him about the elephant in the room: his brother Cody's new promotion, AEW. Very, I mean, this is this is rare, Justin, that you get a, a WWE guy. That will also comment on a story like AEW. i i I. that's why i'm so sort of tickled pink about this interview it's just very unique they don't come up that often like this you know
1: no it's rare and um i, I know uh you know all sides are probably a little bit the pr department's a little careful about uh, what what they want to be talked about I, I guess i'll do a teaser now next week on my wrestling reality podcast it's out at 7 a.m every thursday right across all, across all platforms i will have an interview with one of the talents from AEW that was at the rally. So uh Oh, you
0: don't so want to we'll, tell us who?
1: Not just yet. We'll next okay. week. That's fine.
0: I'll, I'll I'll poke you again tomorrow. Uh well, let's talk about the the pro wrestling news here of the last 24 hours. So since we're we're live here three days a week, uh Tuesdays are more of a recap of the weekend news. Wednesday, we're gonna uh, dive into what we have and then tomorrow we're gonna have uh, the Thursday show is kind of end of the week. There's going to be a little bit more variety into them. So we'll we'll talk about that later. But here's what's going on. Well, here's what's going down here has happened in the last 24 hours, guys. You can find more on all this at Uh The viewership came in for Monday Night Raw, and Raw drew 2.77 million average viewers, 17% increase uh, from last week. This is really the best viewership they've done in months. Uh, is uh, Is the fresh start working, Justin? Do you think this was – Coincidence? Do you think this was luck, or do you think this was the result of hard work paying off?
1: Well, I do think from a storytelling aspect they did <clears throat> some good things. So I mean, first off, they did not have uh, any—you know—they didn't have—they they didn't have college football competition like they did the week before. Uh, so from the competition standpoint, a little bit easier. <clears throat> no NFL, right? Um, you know, but I, they did do some things that just traditionally work. Okay, uh, I know it's very—you know—very overplayed, but the limo showing up. Let's just look at the start. Limo show up. Vince. Um, then we get Braun Strowman, who is still a, a, an overact. Then we get Braun after the break in the window, stare down to Vince, go to commercial. So now we've already in the first 10, 15 minutes. You know, and then obviously the storyline of Braun, you're out of the match. So now we're waiting to see, well, who's gonna be who's it gonna be the Vince picks? So that's kind of holding you on there. Then Vince comes out and we find we get all the participants. Okay, now you're gonna have a match. Now you have another reason you got to hang out and come back and check it out to see who wins. So they did a great job. <clears throat> threading the story uh, all the way through the night, um, and that, I think that's probably the biggest factor of why they they saw the viewership they did.
0: Man, that, that's that's so that's so smart to look at it that way. And you know, I, it's funny. You know, I have you have so many thoughts when you watch these shows now. But I hadn't really thought about how there wasn't one overarching storyline through the show, which is a trope that they've or a device they've moved away from in past years, where it's been a little bit more scattered shot. Um, that's really yeah, you're right, and that's something they used to do in the Attitude Era all the time. They'd start off on some big dangling cliffhanger. Where are we going with this? You get that wrapped up at the end of the show. I definitely think that was a huge part in keeping people around. But you also, I mean, you got a title change on the show. You got a new Intercontinental Champion as well. Um, You know, you got to see Nikki Cross debut in a very impactful way.
1: You saw saw Ronda Rousey have a match. Yeah. Um, You know, yeah. I mean, and then the other thing about it is is the NXT, you know, so they set the theme of, okay, we're going to kind of sprinkle these NXT call-ups that they've been drumming up these past few weeks. So even though other than Nikki Cross, nobody had a you know I don't nobody else had a match or or, or did anything impactful. It's you didn't know that uh, you know obviously while you're watching live. So it kind of made you keep an eye out because if you blinked, you if you blinked, you would have missed DC three. If you blinked, you would have missed uh, Lacey Evans. So it, you know there, there was just there was just a lot of little things. There, there's still things you can nitpick about certain stories, and it was not the the best raw by any means. But it was much better just from a storytelling and a producing television standpoint.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, what we're getting now, too, is a is a bit of consistency, right? Because that's the thing that was really lacking for me before this whole Fresh Start initiative. You know, it was one week we'd be pushing a guy. The next week we're going to turn him heel, and now he starts to lose. And, you know, it was all over the place. I love that they're sticking behind guys. I mean, the Finn Balor push has been consistent all the way up to this point. I mean, they've been behind this guy for, a, like, a month and a half, two months now that really trying to reheat him up. John Cena putting him over at the end of the show was kind of – that was the finishing touch this guy needed to, to kind of get back to. where he... I mean, I don't know though. Do you, what do you think of him and him and Brock? I, I'm I'm not totally sold because I don't think it's convincing. I think Brock's going to murder this man.
1: Well, um, I, I'll tell you this. I I, I, th- I compare this very much to the Daniel Bryan match at, at Survivor Series with Brock because I'm I'm a little bit like you. I, I, I'm you know Brock is he's just so significant and such an attraction and he is more real than anybody else that I do have to, it, it, it is harder for me to buy into the size difference. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but the Brian match, uh, I, I wanted to see it. And I was very I was really enthused about, obviously it was last minute, how it came up, but I was excited and enthused and I kept saying, I'm excited and enthused because Daniel Bryan has wanted this match. This is like one of those dream matches he's wanted. So you know that he's going to do everything in his power to put on a great match. And I thought it was, I thought it was a great match the way they, you know, the way they constructed it. So it yeah. gives me hope that I'm not expecting Finn Balor to win, but it gives me hope that they will. That and especially if there's some reports that Brock also wants to work Finn, and that's going to tell me once again this is a match that Finn's always wanted, kind of as a dream match to to do. Uh, if Brock's got his you know investment into it, then that's that's obviously going to help it. Paul Heyman as well. So uh, I'm actually I'm, I'm I'm optimistic about it. I think again I'm not expecting Brock to lose or drop the title, but I am optimistic that this will be that they will find a way to to to, to do this well.
0: I hope so. I hope you're right. I'm really enjoying what they're doing with Finn right now. Um it's certainly smart with the AEW backdrop right now to have that guy being as happy as possible on the roster. And I, I hope you're right. I, I but again, it's for me the match may be good, it could be very good. I just don't see Finn as a guy who's gonna dethrone Brock, and I don't know where you spin out from
1: there. Uh, you, no. know, you know No, yeah. I, I don't see I absolutely I, I I don't see Finn as that guy either. Um it, it, no, the hard part is there's very few people I can realistically picture to be the one who dethrones Brock. Because Let's be honest, whenever Brock does drop his title, especially knowing that UFC is looming here again, whenever Brock drops his title, it's got to be, it's, it's going to represent kind of uh, the person who's truly knocked him off of his pedestal because I don't think we're going to see him for quite a while, uh, if ever again, potentially. So, you know, it's, you know to me, and again, that's, that's where it does go. Like, it's got to be somebody, it's got to be a, a Braun Strowman or maybe a, a, a growing Drew McIntyre or an out-of-the-box push of a Lars Sullivan, whole other bag there. Um, So, yeah, I don't see Finn as that person, but for the bell-to-bell, I'm intrigued, I'll watch.
0: It's a good transition. Uh, Yeah, let's talk a bit about the backstage news here on Braun and Lars Sullivan, the name you also just brought up. PW Insider reporting that Braun Strowman is not 100% cleared, uh, which we talked a bit about yesterday from the Observer report. Um, Unsure, even though, a little tidbit update here, unsure if he will even be in the Royal Rumble match, Itself, Which would be a bit surprising because he seems pretty prime for an entrance into, into the Rumble. Uh, but as far as Lars is concerned, uh, they're saying that he's still, despite not being advertised on Raw, he was briefly advertised for SmackDown. I don't believe he didn't appear on SmackDown, though, right? No. Yeah. yeah. Lars Sullivan is still under contract. This is on the heels of the reports um, from yesterday that we were talking about from the Observer about Lars not showing up for his debut against John Cena at raw or smackdown last week what a what a weird story you know I, I hear it's because of anxiety issues totally sympathize uh what have you heard about this and, and what's your feel on the Lars sullivan
1: situation at wwe i was initially a little bit skeptical when i when i saw the report and i heard the initial news out of it i guess last week it was um just because i was like you know i don't know it just maybe it just goes out of it was just kind of out of the mill you don't hear about that a lot so i was kind of like you know i could see this maybe 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 some communication between what happened and then to sources and into the final print. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe it just got exaggerated. But I have to say, from p- people there that I've talked to, I absolutely trust now, and and trying to be sensitive about the issue too, because it is it is kind of a, a sad issue. um it, it, This is real. This is a thing, and, and there is legitimate concern from his peers, from his friends, uh, that he's okay and, and and what's going on. So I, I don't know what to expect. And, and when I hear it, it just makes me go, "Wow." I mean, like eh, between. I don't know. if This might be an unprecedented three months, and, and on the standpoint of what WWE has had internally deal with with talent yeah. between the Saudi Arabia situation, Roman Reigns uh, departing to, to deal with his health, um, And, you know you know injuries we've we've seen you know injuries we've seen. Granted, you know obviously Becky Lynch getting punched in the face didn't take her out for any more than a few weeks or what have you. It actually fueled her stuff. Um, the AEW factor of, of now you got talent doing this uh and braun Strowman getting hurt and 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 where where do they last to push with him the next big guy looks like they're gonna strap a rocket to now uh a question mark at the moment i i really don't know this is a i mean yeah sean lost a smile yeah stone cold got dropped on his head yeah i mean you know we've seen you know yeah triple h tears a quad you know we've seen isolated wow that that's a blow domino effect but this has just been across the board these last three or four months Uh, 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 just a brutal time for WWE in terms of dealing with personnel and the cause and effects.
0: It's, it's, uh, you know, I again and I, I haven't talked to anybody close to the situation with Lars. I talked a bit about yesterday, other friends I've had that suffer with vertigo and anxiety and stuff. And, you know, Lars was so consistent down in NXT, but there's less eyeballs on NXT, right? How does your, your mind change when all of a sudden you're going from playing to a, a smaller crowd on a, on the WWE network to playing in front of millions of people in front of these big stadiums you know for some people that can really have an effect on you you know it can feel
1: overwhelming
0: um and and, um yeah i i i do i sympathize with the guy i wonder if if that may be the issue here (laughs) yeah
1: yeah i don't know i don't know the specifics in terms of like like i don't know the timeline of like he showed up and then something was like i I have no idea what it was i have no i have no i have no specifics in terms of like it was, it was I don't know, I have no specifics to the situation but it is true that he is dealing with some anxiety and there's there's a bit of a of a mystery or silence on his end of like, of like you know, people, people are kind of concerned about his health. is the last I heard this week, so I hope that it gets cleared up and rectified and everything's okay. but
0: I, I, I hope so too, you know, and there was also, you know, in between the move from NXT to the main rosters when people started going through his old social media messages, remember, and like all that stuff got out. If you're dealing with like anxiety issues and stuff and like all of a sudden, now you're you've got the crosshairs put on you by the IWC or social media, which was not the case when he was on a tear in NXT. Nobody was just talking about that stuff. I, I would be very interested to hear from him what uh, is affecting his his mentality right now because there does seem to be a couple points here that I you know could be the case. I don't know though. So
1: yeah, you know. yeah, it's it's I, I, you know hopefully it's dealt with quietly, internally, privately as it should. It's its own health, private matter. Hopefully it's dealt with, and hopefully you know Rumble comes and he pops up. And they just pick up where they were going to leave off, and and this is something, this is a, a blip on the radar that in five years we're not even, and or in, in, in five months we're not even remembering or talking about. Well, uh, before we move on, I want to touch on the the
0: PW Insider note here about Braun, the, them being unsure if he's even going to be in the Rumble match. I I was starting to get the vibe they were going to put him in there and have him win because then you have a month and a half, two months for this guy to you know, heal up, do whatever you got to do to be able to put up that one big WrestleMania match with, with him and Brock, but that doesn't seem the case. I, I keep hearing from the Observer, the plan is Rollins, Brock Lesnar. Um, what do you what do you do with a guy like Braun right now, Justin? It's
1: a great question. Um, you know, I've been a huge Braun supporter. I've been waiting patiently for years for him to become the champion. Um, even when Roman, and I don't mean to laugh, obviously at Roman Reigns' um, uh, situation deal with leukemia, but geez, even when Roman Reigns has to you know the, the WWE guy, the Vince project. Even when Roman Reigns has to toss the belt down and leave, Braun still can't get the freaking belt. It, it, it's so, you know, I don't know, you know, and and and, and it, it's a tough situation because obviously Braun is a freaking nature big guy. Um, big guys, obviously, you know, it, it, it is hard when they when to, to, to have them as, as baby faces. You know, to get sympathy on them, to get um, you know, all that, that that situation to work. But he's organically become just a, a such, you know people just are gravitate have gravitated to him. It's yeah. cooled off a little bit, but I mean they but they've gravitated to him and his size and his get these hands and everything. So it's like you know and, and they tried to almost erase that this past fall from the, the blip when he was teaming with Dolph and Drew. Uh, but people want to cheer him. They want to yell brawn. They want to see him flip cars. So it's tough. You have this organic baby face, which is you know you, they, they, they don't come along just every day, especially in this fickle crowd today. But people. yet uh fickle but yet uh i don't know where he goes i you know i mean so it's like if he's if he's not going to work for the title at mania certainly he's beyond you know andre the giant battle royal stuff uh last year he teamed with a damn 10 year old so if he's not going to, it's like it's like if he's not going to work the title then it's like okay what other i mean haven't worked on cena i mean have worked, know, ha- yeah ha- haven't worked the undertaker um Him versus Drew McIntyre again, but just build it up with more. I, you know, it's like it's like what what's appropriate for him. I, you know, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, man, him and Taker was a match that I hadn't immediately thought of. Him and Cena had kind of tossed around in my head because Lars is out. But you know, honestly, him and Taker could be kind of interesting. I don't know. I wouldn't be against it. I mean, a lot of showmanship there. You know, when we're talking about Braun right now, what how do you use him? I, it brings to mind you know Stone Cold Steve Austin when he broke his neck, right? That was when he went on the hottest period hottest tear in the attitude era where he would just show up stunners, beating people up with crowbars and things. He wasn't wrestling matches, right because he wasn't good to go. I think there's something to be said about keeping it simple with braun and letting him just flip stuff, tear tear big things down. you know if that's what people are enjoying watching him do, and, you know, you're trying to fill time so you could get him back into a wrestling ring to have a match. Have him flip everything. Yeah, have him tear things apart. Have him be a big walking monster. I mean, people seem to enjoy that. It seems to be keeping him fresh, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, Batista's possibly in question because of, of of his Hollywood requirements. So, right, you know, if he's out of the fold and if Triple H, I don't know if Triple H will be healed in time. I mean, he's a freak when it comes to rehab, so it's possible. I mean, Triple H and Braun? I mean, I, I just, I'm trying to think of, like, who's big enough for Braun to work? Vince. um oh god that's there was there. i loved the awkward moment when when uh braun was
0: trying to reattach the limo car door to be like it's fine it's fine <laughs> oh, oh it's not fine um well there's another name that's been heated up here in the wwe universe if you watched smackdown last night you saw andrade seeing almas uh now just andrade on <laughs> wwe.com no no cian almas a draw he beat Ray Mysterio granted a bit of shenanigans there uh from Zelina
1: Vega but he beat Ray Mysterio last night they they seem to be rallying behind this guy too and I completely credit that they dropped his name down just under I mean I could not but wrestling fans they need to, they need to get more responsibility in their life because they must have not enough to talk about or worry about the outrage of people I watch on Twitter, that they've just ruined his, and this is before the match, that that, that, that they've, they've ruined his career, that they've shortened him Andrade. Like, what does it matter? It's marketing. They think Andrade's probably going to be easier than Andrade seeing all of this. So it's marketing, whatever. <laughs> it's, it must be working, guys, Andrade, and he has one of the best matches I've ever seen. Um, I, yeah. I just can't believe, I can't believe that this was like a thing. I really couldn't believe that this was a thing, but it was very much a thing on social media. You know, like, uh, you know, I mean, I I mean can can we not can we not enjoy Rusev because he's no longer been Alexander Rusev. I mean, like I just people get so caught up on this stuff. I don't understand. Well, Rusev will be taking on Shinsuke Nakamura,
0: still two <laughs> names, not just Shin- Is he just Shinsuke on, on WWE.com? I actually wouldn't be shocked if he was. Anyway. Um Rusev and Shinsuke are gonna face for the US title at the Rumble, but but back to Andrade, um, man, him and Ray, that was an incredible match on, on SmackDown last night. I-
1: incredible, incredible, yeah.
0: Really just incredible. And, you know, you talked about how, yeah, we, oh, the WWE is ruining this guy, shortening his name to just Andrade. You know, beat the drum here for the past couple months about how fans have just, you know, some fans have just said, oh, they're wasting this guy. He loses all the time. You know, I think it's you and I have been talking through this the, the past couple weeks or months about how, you know, while he's gone out there and lost, it's not like this guy's been getting squashed, right? right. He's been going out there, working with big names, worked with John Cena. Uh, I believe he worked with Daniel Bryan, had good bouts. <laughs> Um, always came up just a little bit short. And that's why I think it means more when you see him beat somebody like Mysterio last night, he's finally got one. Now the story becomes, can he turn the tide? Can he start stringing a couple together here after, after a losing streak? And I firmly get the vibe. That's the direction they're going with
1: this. Yeah, it was a great match. Um, And one of the great things about the match, obviously it was, was, was was the the speed of it, the pace of it. It it was not a hundred miles per hour. It kind of it picked up, it ramped up, and then it would settle. I mean, it was really well done. I'll say this: I, I I'm not sure why. I I, I would have. I mean, I I I would have ended SmackDown with it, quite honestly. Um, or, or maybe maybe they didn't know how good the match was going to be. I don't know, but I would have. You know, having in hindsight, I would have put that as as your finisher. Not that you know. I know. I know that they're trying to. I know the SmackDown tries to focus on a little bit of everything, so they wanted to give. Um, Miz and Shane, their time to shine, you know, putting them in the main event spot. But I, I would have put that as the anchor for the end of the first hour, and then put Ray and Andrade, you know, as the as the main event. Again, hindsight.
0: Is this is this is
1: it too easy to just
0: say Shane and Miz lose at Rumble? Miscommunication leads to a match at WrestleMania. Do you think that's the route they're going with those two?
1: <clears throat> You'd think the payoff is a match between the two, but. I don't know how fast they move to it. I Part of me would make you think that maybe they would win titles beforehand. I mean, the road to Mania is considerably long, and there's several stops in between uh, Rumble and Mania. Um And then the other part of it is if if, if, the, if the finale is them two having a match, then, you know, the obvious is Miz going back to being a heel, but it seems like WWE made a purpose to want Miz be, to become a babyface. So I always wonder, uh, is there a, a swerve to where Shane becomes the heel? I, I don't know. It's a very... I can't, I can't, you think we, I, I think you can predict it. Like you think, oh, it's obvious it's Miz for Shane. But then when you really try to actually fill in the blanks of the specifics, there's a lot of things that don't make sense. I, I'm,
0: I'm with you, man. And like, I kind of, I still feel like they're going to pull Daniel Bryan into this somehow. Like Daniel Bryan Miz seemed like the layup WrestleMania match this year, but there's been so much time since Bryan's come back now. I don't know if that, if that match still has luster or if it's too complicated to, to even get there at this point, you know?
1: Well, and, and also again, it, will will Brian and Miz work as well with Brian being the, the this, this condescending preachy heel, which is great. Will people still boo him and cheer for the Miz if, if it comes to those two? I mean, I think I mean I think it could work, but yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> Very bizarre that they uh, <clears throat> have so much history with Miz and Brian. Keep going back to it. You know, they have they had a match in Saudi Arabia. It's a real quick roll up, basically, which made me think, okay, maybe they're saving this for Mania. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's like it seems, seems kind of like weird if they don't eventually cash in on all the history that Miz and Brian have, dating back to Miz being the the main roster person to, uh, for Brian <clears throat> for Brian when NXT was a competition show. Like, there's just so much freaking history here uh, for them not to cash in on on the big stage when when you have Brian at his best and Miz at his best would be bizarre. Uh Well, these next two stories I've
0: got here on my run sheet, uh, I thought they weirdly. Uh, bounced off of one another. Uh, first of all, Tony Storm has returned to social media following uh, the leaking of you know the, the nude photos of her. Uh, there was the whole hashtag we support to- Tony Storm movement. Um, but she's back now. she posts on Instagram, looks like she's gonna be interacting with fans again. And the same day that she comes back, uh, there's also the story that the most viewed clip on YouTube from Monday Night Raw, was uh the producer dude at walking in on alexa bliss uh nearly topless backstage that did justin that clip it is what noon 36 hours in 36 hours that clip has done 3.4 million views maybe more at this point let's say three six let's say a hundred let's say a hundred thousand views an hour Liz for or uh justin for the tease of uh possibly Seeing Alexa Bliss topless. I, I, there's just it's. I, I don't know. It was just weird juxtaposition those two stories next to each other.
1: You know. I I get shocked by wrestling fans' outrage of Andrade seeing all this being Beat Jordan Andrade. I am not shocked by wrestling fans flocking to the to, to the most generic tease of Alexa Bliss changing. I, I I have a theory, and I don't know this. I'm just this is completely speculation. Please. I have a I have a theory. Knowing WWE and knowing what, well, knowing what we know about how things kind of come together, that that little segment, that little blip of the producer coming in and and her changing uh, must be a rib or a joke or a a nod to something that happened internally, whether it's whether that particular guy. I don't know who he is. I mean, I know a lot of people working or not a lot, but I know enough people working. I don't know who he was. So I don't know if he the actual person, whoever he is, if like he got outed that he has like a crush on Alexa Bliss. So they put him in an awkward, funny situation. I don't know if somebody actually really did Walk like I don't know. Maybe maybe if she had a wardrobe malfunction during a pre-tape, that obviously never made air. And they're making fun of it. I don't know, but that had to be for some reason. They had. There's, there got to be something more. I, I,
0: my uh, that's not what I thought. Though that's a good theory. Again, we're just theorizing here. My theory is they're seeing what success Impact has had with Scarlett Brudeau. If you check out the YouTube videos for Scarlett and the stuff she's done on Impact, also very highly trafficked stuff. And you know, on uh, Impact this past Friday night, they're moved to Pursuit. She came out, did the strip tease with Scott Steiner. You know, they're talking about moving in that edgier direction. I, I chatted a bit about this yesterday, but part of me wonders if this isn't, you know, WWE trying to say, hey, we can still do this, right? You know, we we're not gonna lose, we don't want to even lose that ground to these guys. We can still go there. We can be sexy, damn it. You know?
1: And how odd too. How um, maybe not odd. Now now I'm just reaching. But it is it is funny to me that that they pull this little stunt that's got us talking. It's got the YouTube clicks going and they're in Memphis and Jerry Lawler's there. And like, it's like an easy layup of like Jerry Lawler, the whole puppies thing. And it's like, it's an easy way to like acknowledge a Jerry Lawler gimmick of the past that we all love without having to say puppies. If like, if Jerry was, if Jerry was going to do an interview with Alexa bliss and and he went to knock and she just happened, you know, like, I mean, I, I was, I thought about, I was like, man, I was like, yeah, Lawler there it's Memphis. Like, what an easy one they could have done there,
0: man. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, Jerry just signed a two year contract with WWE and he's going to call the men's rumble match. I think was the uh, the latest updates on
1: Jerry. So, I think him and JBL are on the men's rumble match commentary team. Wow, that I is I think a, I think you might have to. I don't have Google in front, might, might have to Google check, but I think you know, it's JBL too. You
0: know who the third man in that booth should be, Jeff Foxworthy. You have to be <laughs> we'll called the Southern Classic. You know, was a, a good time. Uh, all right, uh, last uh, last two bits here before we throw to this Gold Dust interview. Uh, Shane Strickland has announced on Twitter that he is now a free agent, uh, better known as Killshot and Lucha Underground. Uh, it does seem like these Lucha Underground guys; these contracts have uh, slowly been coming up here recently. You know, there has never been a better time to have any notoriety in pro wrestling and tweet out, "I am a free agent." I feel like that's when the money trucks just pull up to you right now, isn't it?
1: I'm going to go tweet that right now just to see what happens.
0: <laughs> Lastly here, uh, Ring of Honor, who has been shoving uh, – shelling out some cash here to to secure their own talent, uh, had a setback over the weekend uh, at Honor Reign Supreme. Uh, we reported yesterday that Flip Gordon and Chris Sabin had been injured. We have a, an update on that. I believe that Saban suffered a torn ACL in his right knee during a six-man mayhem match at the international television tapings in Atlanta. Saban began clutching his knee after executing a super hurricane rana on Flip Gordon. He was unable to finish the match and was helped to the back. Gordon has injured his right knee during his match against Tracy Williams uh, in uh, Concord, North Carolina on Sunday. It is believed he will be out of action a minimum of four weeks with a possible MCL sprain. Gordon came up limping after hitting a running drop in the corner. He tried to continue, but his knee gave out. The referee stopped the match. Gordon was helped to the back. Um, you know, just bad bad luck here for Ring of Honor. Two guys that are obviously are great parts of the roster going down, uh, wishing to boast uh, a speedy recovery. Anything on either injury, Justin?
1: No, no, I, I was actually as you're reading, I was just thinking of myself, man, uh acknowledgement of a compliment to Chris Saban. I mean, how long he's been around the business. He's been going at it for a long time. And with with high risk. No kidding. Uh all right.
0: Well, with that, if you are listening on the podcast version over on the Wrestling Inc. audio channel on iTunes. Get ready for an exclusive interview. And if you're watching this live here on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel, go subscribe on iTunes because you are about to get a very gr- a very cool interview. Here it is right now, me chatting with none other than Dustin Rhodes, a.k.a. Gold Dust. Uh, I could not be more honored to welcome at this time to the Winkley, former WWE Tag Team Champion and Intercontinental Champion, You may know him as Gold Dust, but today we're going to talk to him as Dustin Rhodes. Dustin, thank you very much for taking the time today.
2: Hey, man. Thank you very much. You also forgot the United States champion. I was two times the United States champion.
0: Um, I I apologize. You know, it's like you have to pick the accolades. You know, you can only say so many things at the top. I could cram it all in, too. You got got like four slammies, right? (laughs) Slammies. I, I don't know. I guess. Something like that. I think so. Uh, well, let's get right to it. You are going to be appearing at Astronomicon, uh, Metro Detroit's newest pop culture convention. It's back for the second year at Sterling Heights, Michigan's Wyndham Garden Hotel. It's going to be February 8th through the 10th, 2019. Uh, you'll be there. Jake the Snake Roberts will be there. Scott Hall, Bam Margera, uh, T- Tiny Lister was a name that caught me as well. Um, but first of all, you know, you go into these Comic-Cons now. I know that you've taken up painting. I've, I've been following you on social media have you take have you thought about maybe taking a hand at doing like comic book drawing? I know that's very popular right now. You
2: know, I don't I don't know, man. Comic books are very popular, but painting is just something that kind of keeps my head clear in the garage and whether I'm good at it or not, I have no clue. I just like drawing there. I'm trying to mix some some oils and things and I've found that making the color purple is a difficult task. Oh. It is very, very hard to make the color purple because I was trying this on my last uh, last painting and uh, it just was not working. I was getting all shades of maroon and, you know, too dark or brown and it just, it it sucked. But I like doing it, man. Uh, comic books, that's not my thing. I Cody loves comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many people do love the comic books, but I mean, I can draw, I just you know the painting thing is very new for me and it's just something that uh, me and my daughter do that I, you know she loves to paint so i thought you know what let me start doing some paintings and showing her the paintings and see what she thinks and we can you know start start this little uh gallery or, or something maybe someday i don't know with some some stupid paints
0: yeah man, I'll bring it to Chicago. I know a couple of art houses. I can get a Gold Dust art gallery up in. Um it's weird to really? hear it's it's weird to hear me it's weird for me to hear you say that because when I think Gold Dust, it's like you're synonymous with painting cuz like you were always the most painted up wrestler for like 20 years on TV. I mean, what's different about doing it on a canvas versus doing it on yourself?
2: I don't know that, but I'll tell you this. When I paint my face and I'm looking into a mirror it just it's so easy I can do the lines straight I get everything so almost perfect you know and then when like a little kid wants me to paint his face in the backstage thing and we're shooting something it is very difficult for me to do it's very hard for me to paint somebody else's face with my face paint so I don't know what that is it's very hard for me to like paint the actual face paint of my design on a piece of paper. Drawing it is one thing, but doing it on my face is so much easier, man. And it's just, I guess over the years, it's like I've got it down to to an art, you know, and I just start doing the strokes, man, you know.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you know, I thought it was cool here hear about Astronomicon that you and Scott Hall yeah. – I thought it was cool that you and Scott Hall are going to be at the same convention um, because one of the feuds that – sticks had to me most when i was uh just getting into wrestling was uh y'all's feud going into rumble 96 uh you and, and razor ramon which really was like one, yeah. of, the, one of the feuds to kind of like help establish uh gold dust i mean tell me a little bit about uh what it was like working with scott uh through one of your earliest gold dust feuds
2: yeah scott was fun to work with man he's a uh, great worker um we we didn't always see eye to eye you know with with things in in, in back then, and, and the the direction the character was going, uh, but you know we got through it, and and we did some some good business, and I had fun, and it's one of my most memorable uh, moments too, along with the Roddy Piper uh, back back backlit brawl, WrestleMania swells. So, yes, he he definitely helped the Goldust character, and getting it some notoriety and getting it out there, you know what I'm saying? And, and really, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, Scott's a great dude. We had some fun.
0: It, it's wild because I was looking back at some of the footage of you and Scott uh, during that feud because I hadn't watched it in a while. And you brought up the backlot brawl, which, by the way, was also one of my earliest uh, favorite memories. And, you know, one of the things that hit me was you were kind of ahead of the curve with that attitude era, I mean, Scott really went after you in like backstage brawls. Obviously, the Piper thing was like its own orchestration. I mean, did you feel yourself at the time being like a little bit like one step ahead of where the business was going?
2: Back then I was I was young, man, and I was I was like just really hungry to try this character and to, to do my best to get it over. And I loved running into things. And I remember when we shot the uh, the backstage, like, uh, fight scene with me and Scott. It was in Bangor, Maine.
0: Okay.
2: And it's cold outside. It's snowing. And Vince just shows up. It's a house show. You know, it's it's a live event. And that's when Vince used to go to a lot of the live events, which I really loved, because he was, like, one of the boys, man. And it was, like, he loved the business. He would stand at the curtain and, and just, like ooh and ah over big spots and things. It was a lot of fun. It was nice to talk with him then, and it's outside of an office setting. And I was looking for things with, with uh, Scott Hall for him to throw me into. We had tables and this electrical panel, and it, the more I can get out of running into something and making it seem like he is just killing me, the better. It makes me feel good because I'm selling something. I love to do that. I love to um, to make things more than they are. And we were doing that and we did it. And the character was, I think, and in, in a big part of it was that I put my 110% into it. So
0: yeah, it, it was just really cool to watch back. It's, it's awesome to hear you talk about how Vince was, like, one of the boys. Um, I used to do Bret Hart's podcast, and one of my favorite Vince stories is where, like, Bret laid him out with the, the heart attack at, like, a bar or something afterwards. Do you have any, like, crazy yeah, po- po- uh, post-show Vince McMahon stories?
2: Yeah, I don't have any uh big bar stories about Vince, but I do have a story that, that made him, like, he was like a kid in a candy store. It was really cool. Um, we were at the garden. Uh, Madison Square Garden. And I was working Sabio Vega. And Sabio is... Um, he's very underrated. He got he got the Goldust character to where it needed to be, in my opinion. Gold, Sabio pulled some stuff out of me that I did not want to do. And... We tried it in the garden, and the people just went nuts. That was the first time that I had done anything kind of sexual uh, towards another man in a wrestling ring, you know. And it uh, it got over, and the people just they blew the roof off. So at the end of that match, I'm the I'm the Intercontinental Champion, and at the end of that match, I wasn't I wasn't used to these suits yet either. These single uh unisuits that i wore they were very very hot i couldn't breathe all my pores are closed you know i'm wearing gloves all this heavy stuff and i get to the back and i'm asking help me get this help me have this suit i'm laying down on the ground because we just went out there and tore up for 25 minutes in madison square garden and vince kneels over and he's looking at me and he's got this grin on his face and i'm like what the hell is going on here and he's looking at me what's it this this deer in a headlight, candy store man, and, and he he he's like Dustin. Do you feel like going out there and getting some heat on me? I'm like, yeah, sure. Go out there and give him a nut shot. So I'm like, and, and he helps me up, you know, and I'm, I'm I can't breathe. I'm like hot and sweating and just crazy. And I run back out there and Savio is facing the other way and he's up on the second rope, you know, and he's he's taken. He didn't win the title, but he took it from me that night at the end of the match and he's holding it up and the people are going crazy. He doesn't know I'm coming. and I slide in the ring behind him and he's on that second turnbuckle and I give him a nut shot, a low blow shot and he falls down and I start kicking his ass and shoot him in and I hit him in the head with the belt and I roll back out, you know, and I, the people were going nuts and we brought it back the next month to the garden. And I get back through the uh, curtain and Vince is like grabs me and he's hugging me. He's like, holy shit, that was awesome, man. This is that. And it was like, it was like he was such a fan. He was such a a huge fan at that moment. And it made me feel like, wow, man, my boss is really putting this over. I must have done something good. And it just made me feel wanted, you know, and, and cared for. And Vince, Vince does that, man. And it was awesome.
0: That that is an amazing story and you bring up the garden. Uh what do you think about ROH and New Japan uh getting the opportunity to run the garden here at WrestleMania weekend?
2: I think that's odd. That's incredible, man. Um you know, the the garden has been a WWE arena for so so long and and now somebody else is coming in onto their territory basically. And I, from what I understand they sold it out, right?
0: Sold it out about half an hour.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, that's good. I mean, business is popping right now all over the world. Ring of Honor, you know, New Japan. Uh, just, it's good to be an independent wrestler right now.
0: Yeah. You're an independent
2: wrestler. It is good to hone your craft. You have places to work. And that's that's always good, you know, for for us to have places to, to go and work in, in different regions of the country or out of the country internationally whatever it may be. It's, it's just a good, man, awesome time to be alive and be a professional wrestler, right? Now.
0: Yeah, and I guess this is the part right, like have to call out the elephant in the room. I mean, your brother has created an opportunity for wrestlers to get more work seemingly here. Uh, him and the Bucks, they're launching AEW. Uh, did you get a chance to um, – did you watch the rally? What did you think of – what do you think of what Cody's cooking up over here with the Bucks? Well,
2: I, I – Cody said he he was uh, in Jacksonville, right? And I know uh, SmackDown or Raw or, yeah, SmackDown was in Jacksonville. Right. So I went, okay, it's going to be like maybe one of those uh, other rallies outside of California or something. Um, I was on set shooting finale for my uh, horror film that I'm going to be in that's going to be out soon. So I did not get to see the actual rally. But I saw Cliffs afterwards. And I was like, holy hell, man, they must have spent $100,000 on Pyro.
1: Yeah.
2: It was a big and deal. It, it just, you know, big stage and, and a podium and, and all these announcements being made. It was very, very cool to see that. And it was right next door from the uh, the coliseum where we normally perform at. You know, the Jacksonville, this is big for Cody. This is very big for the wrestling community. Um, I believe – I believe it's going to go somewhere. I hope so, because he's my brother, you know. Uh, I wish nothing but the best for him.
0: Obviously. And, I mean, you obvi- you were a big part of the Monday Night War. And I was wondering, Demi, mean, do you see any of the same pieces sliding into place here with AEW and WWE at the moment? I mean, they've got a big money backer, a la Ted Turner and the Khan family. Not quite the same distribution I- as Ted Turner. But, I mean, do you get some of the same feels right now? I do. I'm still waiting. I'm I'm watching. Um, Hopefully
2: they get a good TV deal because TV is important. Um, But I have no doubt that, that Cody, with him being a Rhodes and watching and learning as much as he has over his short career so far, it is incredible. And, and I sit back in awe and I'm thinking to myself, like when I'm out in the uh, in the woods deer hunting or something and I'm thinking about pops because that was their thing, yeah I know that Dad right now is just grinning from from that rally and everything that Cody's doing and uh, very, very proud as I am as as you know his older brother, I'm very, very proud of what he's doing, and I see nothing but a bright future. That that I, I, that's really all I know about it, you know what I mean? By what I've seen online, so I think it's it's uh, something that the world needs to uh, grasp hold of because Cody is a Rhodes man, and and the wrestling community loves the roach family, and not only loves them, but we know what we're doing, and I think everybody makes mistakes along the way, but we learn from our mistakes and we watch and we learn as much as possible before we do any kind of a uh, big move like this. And this is a big move. So, Hey man, let's do it. You know what I mean? I want to see him succeed.
0: It, it was a big gamble he took, you know, walking away from WWE. I mean, just being his brother, right? Not as like a business person, but just as being his brother. I mean, how has it been watching him grow on this journey for the past two or three years as he's gone out and, you know, sewn his wild to wrestling notes in many ways.
2: It's good, you know, cause I've had a lot of time, um, in the last like year, year and a half. been kind of, uh, you know, well recently with my double knee surgeries and stuff. So I've had a lot yeah. of time to just look online and watch some of the stuff instead of being on the road, traveling so much for the last like several months. And, uh, and I'm just like, holy moly, man! This is crazy. And just watching some of his his matches and uh, his stuff in in New Japan, his stuff in Ring of Honor, you know the the All In thing. I watched, I watched live. I was um, I'm a honorary deputy here in Williamson County, Texas. I saw that. And I was with, I was with the sheriff, and we were doing a ride along. And this was my first ride along experience where I'm actually with him. And he's we're pulling people over and for breaking the law or whatever it may be, and I have it streaming on my iPad in the, in the uh, in his SUV, watching the whole all in man while we were out there. And he's trying to talk to me. I'm I'm like watching Cody's match and it was like, hold on, sheriff. I'm watching something, you know. And uh, it was very cool, man. I'm still proud of him because he sold that thing out quickly, you know. And God, it's just a great time right now. It is a great time to, the timing is everything. And what Cody is doing is is special. It's very, very special, very proud. And I wish him nothing but the absolute best.
0: My last question on this, and I, I have a few other things that are not this, but obviously, you know, he's your brother. Business is one thing, family is another. I mean, are you, are you happy with, with, with WWE at the moment, or have you thought about maybe joining your brother? I guess that's a question people would want me to ask you, you know.
2: WWE, I have been WWE for the last, what,
0: 26,
2: since 95? Yeah. 20, 24 years, 24 years. Yeah. And uh, that's basically what I've done, you know. I've, I've had a little stints where I've left, and but come, always come back. So, you know... It has been home for me. Um, but now, me being 49 years old, now, I, granted, I can still go with the best of them, just maybe not like a 45-minute match, you know, and I do get a lot sore and, and things hurt a little bit more and, and it's it's harder for me to get out of bed. But when it's time, when the red light comes on, we go. You know what I mean? But with these last two knee surgeries, I've as much as I love film, I'm looking forward to acting right now and, and doing something a little different than wrestling, which is my acting career, because that's another dream that I've always had. And I've accomplished one dream. So I, I want to accomplish and, and, and really give it a good go at this, at this acting career. I've done a few independent movies. I just finished one. And granted, these are low budget films, but we've got to start somewhere just like anybody fresh and young in the business. You've got to start somewhere and you learn and you perfect your craft. And that's what I'm doing. so, and in the meantime, I'm doing some comic cons and having fun actually giving back to the fans because the fans without them, Goldust wouldn't, wouldn't be here, you know, without, without them hating me, laughing with me, loving me, they wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. And this is, a chance for me, like Astronomicon is a chance for me, for the people who come to see me specifically, that I can shake their hands, you know, and it's not me walking down the aisle to a ring and in a uh, live event situation where I'm just slapping their hands as I go by. I can actually talk to them, shake their hands, tell them thank you for their, you know, years of support and their continued support and give back because I think it's very important We give back to the fans, we give back to the young talent, the people that came before me, they gave it to me. They, they showed me what they knew. I listened, I learned. And now I think it's that time for me to give back to the young kids coming into the business and to our fans. So that to me is very, very big. and, And I want to do that because that's important to me. I love the fans. And I love this business. It's always going to be with me. I came out of my mother's womb wanting to be a professional wrestler, but I also now want to be a professional actor, which I already am in a way, but for the silver screen, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, I'm watching The Rock and I'm watching Batista and I'm watching them just take over the world and they're doing such a great job. And whether I get to that level or not, yeah, that's my dream, of course. But um I'm going to give it a go, and I'm having fun doing it. That's the thing, because there's a passion there. And once you lose your passion for something, you need to move on. And there's passion in wrestling for me, and there's a passion for acting. So those two things right there.
0: That's awesome. Uh, Physically, how are you feeling after you had the double knee surgery back in uh, July, I believe?
2: You know what? Um, Wednesday at the Performance Center is my next evaluation, and I believe we're going to probably get me cleared that day so i'm hoping you know they put stem cells in both knees and my knees feel a lot better they, they feel pretty good i'm feeling pretty good
0: uh well you talk about wanting to help the young talent uh before you left uh you were working with mandy rose you guys were rose gold uh i've seen it reported vince mcmahon is very high on her i mean do you see her as uh what was it like working with her do you see her as someone who can break out in the women's division
2: I do see her as uh, breaking out in the women's division, her and Dario. Uh, is the same thing with Ronda Rousey, when Ronda Rousey, those three right there, I've, they came to me and we talked and I helped them and I gave them certain ways of moves. They would show up to the event early and we would get in there and we would, uh, work on a few things and work on things that I saw that needed to be fixed their psychology of the way they do things. And, you know, given what they're doing with the women uh, right now, where they're giving them so much time, their opportunities are are right now, man. And all they have to do is grasp it, learn as much as you can. And if somebody asks me for help, I'm going to help them. And Mandy is one of those who asks for help. and, And I do my best to tell her every Monday while I'm watching her, or, or uh, Tuesday on SmackDown. Um, you know what I saw and the same thing goes with Daria and, and, um, and Rhonda. Um, All three of those.
0: Yeah. What do you, what do you think about Becky Lynch's quick rise to the top here? I mean, she's taking people off, sto- uh, you know, by storm.
2: She is Becky, man. It, it's right time at the right place with an attitude like Becky just came in. Um, and she's got that like stone cold type type of attitude, man, and it's resonating with the fans. And I love it. I think it's I think it's kick ass. She is the man.
0: Yeah, uh, I know. Uh, I'm, I'm short on time uh, here. I got a little bit extra, fortunately. I don't know why, but uh, I have two last things here. Uh, one is our uh, truth is the number thirty entrant in the rumble because he won the mixed match challenge. You guys obviously have right. spent time on TV together. What do you think of that entrant? And, I mean, how do you make that story compelling or interesting here with our truth in the 30th spot?
2: Well, the 30th spot is is uh, probably one of the best spots to be in.
0: But me personally,
2: on a personal note, I would rather start number one and work my way throughout the whole thing just to say that I've been in the ring for an hour, hour, and 15 minutes, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you have, some that you, you have a feather in your hat. When you say that you lasted, you outlasted all other thirty, all other twenty-nine uh, competitors. Um, to be in there that long is saying something, and and that's saying something that they are letting you do that. And it's very very cool if you get that opportunity to do that. But number thirty, being number thirty, you got the best chances to win right there. Yeah, uh,
0: and last. So, one. Nope, sorry, go ahead. Yeah,
2: could, this could be this could be our truth time right now, man. To to actually win the Royal rumble and go on to WrestleMania for the world title.
0: Do you think that could be a compelling story? I think there's something to that with Ron Killings, the man, I don't know about our truth in his current form, but anyway, um, last. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. All right. Last thing here. Uh, thank you very much for the time, Dustin. You're incredible. Um, 2019, hey, 2019, uh, you've talked about your acting goals. What, what's your pro wrestling goal here for 2019?
2: Well, to be healthy first. Make sure that I'm uh, healthy and ready to go before I do anything. Um, and that is the day-by-day situation for me. That's how I live my life now is just day-by-day. I try not to uh, forecast the future and look down, down the road as far as my wrestling because it's there, and all I have to do is walk in the ring and uh, light up the crowd. You know what I mean? So when I'm ready is when I'm ready. That's cool. all I could tell you.
0: Cool. Uh, Dustin, again, will be appearing at Astronomicon in, De- uh, in Detroit. Sterling Heights, Michigan, actually. The Wyndham Garden, February 8th through the 10th. Uh, again, it's him, Jake Roberts, Scott Hall, Bam Margera, Tiny Lister, many more. Dustin, anything you'd like to leave the fans with here today before you let us go? Man, come
2: see me. Come see me. If you want to shake a hand or you want a story, I'll be more than happy to sit down with you and talk with you. It's what I love to do. I love you fans, and I appreciate you for your support. Come on out and see me. We're going to have a lot of fun. Astronomicon's
0: going to be big. Thank you all very much for tuning in this week. Thank you to Goldust for joining me for that chat there. Justin, thank you for coming back. We'll be back here tomorrow at noon Eastern uh, to help people wrap the week up talking uh, pro wrestling punditry. Uh, Where do you want to send people to find you, follow you? Anything else you want to plug here to wrap
1: up the show? Uh, at Justin Labar on Twitter. Uh, again, my podcast Wrestling Reality out every Thursday morning at seven AM. So uh, we, there's also the Ask Labar segment inside the podcast, so people can directly interact by just using the hashtag Ask Labar.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, a lot of good stuff. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, doing stuff with you, doing the podcast. Um, you know, the, the sweets at Rumble, the sweet at Mania, all kinds of stuff. A lot of a lot of it's a fun time, obviously. And then we you know, we didn't even really talk AEW today because no no real new news, but we of course know that that's lingering, and it's gonna be a fun year. It's gonna be a real fun year.
0: Yes, yes, I'm sure we'll have some, some AEW news tomorrow. Um, it, it doesn't, it never seems to stop dropping around here right now. Um, yes, uh, come back uh, tomorrow. You can see Justin and I, uh, of course, like I said at the top of the show, uh, join me at Duffy's Tavern and Grill, Royal Rumble Day, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. The doors will open. We'll be playing the Pick'em game. Uh, come have a good time with us. Also, I tease you guys are going to be doing a contest next week, next Wednesday and Thursday on our Twitter account, we have partnered with fun.com. You guys got to go check these guys out. Fun.com, all kinds of cool stuff, toys, presents for men, presents for women. But two winners next week, and we're going to reveal the rules next week on Wednesday, Thursday, on the Twitter account. But two winners, Justin, are going to win $100 gift codes for fun.com. $100 hundred for a, a website that is geared towards just toys and cool stuff. So uh, we are thrilled to be doing that. We'll have some rules next week. How for- do I enter? Can I answer? I Yeah, dude, Yeah, put the rolls up on Twitter And you can enter, sure You're probably not going to win because you work for us But you can enter, I'll absolutely allow it Um, And uh, that's it I'm at Wink Rebel over on Twitter Uh, Thank you all so much Tomorrow on the show we'll be back I'll have an exclusive interview with Brody King uh, Newly signed Ring of Honor star And we'll also have an interview with uh, Steve Mongo McMichael So, a lot to get to I love
1: it did you, you, get
0: excited? you excited about Mongo?
1: I am.